The following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Welcome to the only podcast that's located in a van down by the river. I am one of your hosts. I am Johnny Townsend. I'm joined by the master of the Chippendale dance himself, Mr. Matt Johnson. People love it when you eat on microphone. Especially something as loud as a rice cake. <laughs> Did that come through okay? Oh, it came through so beautifully. That's what I wanted. Hi, everybody. He's going to do his whole episode with his mouth full. Of rice cake? Of rice cake. <laughs> I have two more. You better hurry it up. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you'll never know when they'll show up. <laughs> never. I'm going to do Matt's stats entirely with two rice cakes in my mouth <laughs> at the same time. I think our our subject today would be happy with that, honestly. He would enjoy you trying to do something like that because today on Retro Pop, we are talking about the legendary Chris Farley. That's right. Mr. Chris Farley himself. Gone way too soon. One of those who uh, was taken from us. And we'll get into all of that. So this isn't going to be all uh, super duper happy, but there will be a lot of fun to be had before we get there. Because this dude had a was such a beloved fella, and the stories about him have actually become legendary. So we're going to have some fun there. But uh, man, I think it's time for us to get into our personal history with Mr. Chris Farley. Throw your sandwich at the bus driver. Do it. Do it, Tom. <laughs> hey, you threw that. I'll turn this damn bus around. That'll end your precious little field trip pretty damn quick, huh? I'm trying to score points with a teacher today. Don't screw it up. I I think like most people my age, our golden era of Saturday Night Live is this era where Chris Farley shows up, Adam Sandler's there, Tim Meadows. Uh, you know, you got all these guys who would go and become like big legends in the comedy scene. Spade, right? Spade was there in the Spade, 90s yep, too. Spade, yep. yep. And uh, this is this is when I was 
So this would be in the early to mid 90s. So it's just right when I'm turning around 10 to 11 years old. And that's when I'm discovering that, hey, I really kind of like this comedy thing. And so he comes around. Chris Farley comes around at the perfect time because I know this is an audio podcast. But ladies and gentlemen, I'm what you would call a a husky fella, right? And I was always considered quite funny. Guess what? Chris Farley, a husky fella. And guess what? Considered quite funny. So I sort of saw him as honestly a kindred spirit as this guy who kind of went as far as he needed to go to get a laugh. But I also noticed that most of his laughs were at his own expense. Rarely did he ever seem to get joy out of taking somebody else down a peg. It was almost always at his expense or it was just um, some sort of physical comedy. He was also really, really good at, which you don't really see very much anymore. No, you don't. And so he was, uh, I was a Chris Farley fan. The moment I I saw him, I bought, uh, I remember buying that best of Chris Farley on Saturday night live DVD, where it just had all his, uh, per- uh, skits and stuff. And to this day, I still, I will still just look on YouTube, uh, Chris Farley SNL sketches because, uh, for me, they're legendary. I quote them. Of course, you got down by the river. You got, uh, the one where he's the, in the coffee commercial. And yes. they, that's one of my all time favorites. <laughs> Absolutely love that one. But he's, oh man, I got the, I mean, there's this book that came out about him that I've, Made sure I got. I've seen the documentary multiple times. And this is one of those first celebrity deaths that really, really hit me because this was a guy who I knew. This was a, I mean, you know what I mean when I say no. I didn't know him personally, but I felt like I did. And this was a guy that I really like. When he had a movie coming out, I was excited for it. And the news that he had died because, you know, I was just a, a fan on the outside. I didn't know all this stuff going on in his personal life. And so it was a big shock to me. Sadly, it wasn't a shock to people who knew him, which makes this even more sad and tragic. But, you know, for a, for a kid like me, uh, this is like one of my heroes dying, right? This guy was somebody I looked up to. So uh, Chris Farley's death really, really shook me. And it's probably the, the, it's gotta be the first celebrity death I ever actually remember affecting me one way or the other. So, uh, yeah, Chris Farley is very vital to, uh, if, if you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you're a fan of Matt and myself, or at least you can. You God, can I would hope so. At least one of us, at least yeah. one of us. You gotta, or at the very least tolerate me on some level. And I owe a lot to Chris Farley because he really helped shape an early, young Johnny when it comes to a love for comedy. What about you, Matt? So uh, my earliest memory, I used to get actually Farley and uh, you're going to hate me for this. Farley and John Candy mixed up all the time. Yeah, I get it. You're racist against funny fat guys. I got you. (laughs) My kind. I get it. (laughs) I used to be one of you. (laughs) I was you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it, it just, you know, when you're a dumb, ignorant child, you know, oh, look at funny fat guy. Um, 
I didn't really know him through SNL. Obviously, I did later on, you know, watching YouTube clips and, uh, you know, and, the stu- and stuff like that. I, I, I'd seen one. It was hilarious. It was him. He did, as you the Senate, House of Representatives, something like that. And he did it, and he was impersonating Newt uh, Gin- Gindrich. Gindrich. I, I, I Gindrich. got me the name wrong. New he did. Gingrich. He did one of the cold opens. Yeah. Yes, um, which was hilarious, and he was just he was doing that. I see one where he just roll. It was one of like those late shows where he just fell down. He just rolled down the stairs. He this <laughs> dude was just coked out of his mind like twenty four seven. But my earliest memory was definitely Tommy Boy, uh, which was you know always a fun memory. We used to block off Saturday nights at my parents' house growing up. Um, go to Blockbuster, pick out a movie for the family. And then we pick out, you know, my parents pick out a movie for themselves. And Tommy Boy was one of those family movies. And I guess it kind of was, right? Uh, which is a little weird. To th- I guess it's not really weird to think about. It was a family movie back then. There was nothing really suggestive or bad. It was relatively clean comedy, actually. But um, but I did, I did enjoy, you know, those movies. That, Black Sheep, um, were some of those early favorites. And, uh, you know, I... Didn't necessarily get it. It was just again, haha, funny fat guy racist me, uh, <laughs> you know. So, uh, but yeah, Farley was was great, and then he was gone, and it it's like it's sad because you see, you know, Spade blew up, Sandler blew up, um, just a lot of guys from that generation. There's that closeness, you know. I'm, I would dare so say that like Rob Schneider is in that group, basically the whole Grown Ups crew. And like every yeah. time I watch Grown Ups, I'm like, Chris Farley should have been in this. Like, yeah, how great it would have been to see all these guys together after all those years, you know, and and see Farley in it. I I always think that every time I watch Grown Ups, that he belongs in here, and it's cool to see how much he means to to everybody. But yeah, Farley was great. Uh, it just a just a just I mean his energy, I think was the the big thing. How he can go from zero to one hundred, um, made anger funny. He like, and we we see it sometimes with some people. I'm trying to think of a comp, um, for that. But you just see people just go from zero to one hundred with the anger and tone. He did it so masterfully. Um, yeah, tremendous dude, tremendous dude, tremendous actor. And uh, and like you said, just really sad and fortunate that we we lost him, uh, that the world lost him so young because he had so much more uh, to give. But he just he fell into the trap, so uh, which I'm sure we'll get into. Yeah, he's one of those sad cases of somebody who was a star on the brink of superstardom when tragedy struck, and we'll get to that. But let's get into. The history of Chris Farley. All right, how's everybody? Good, good, good. Now, as your father probably told you, my name is Matt Foley, and I am a motivational speaker. Now, let's get started by letting me give you a little bit of a scenario of what my life is all about. First off, I am 35 years old, I am divorced, and I live in a van down by the river. 
All right, Chris Farley was born on February 15th, 1964 in Madison, Wisconsin. He's a cheesehead, as they say. Is that bad to call them cheeseheads? I feel bad already saying. No, like no. They're, they, put, they literally have those cheese things they put on their heads, right? They do. They're, they were those cheeseheads with pride. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they do that to celebrate their football team and break Favre sending pictures of himself. Is there... <laughs> Uh, his dad was John Farley. He uh, he actually owned his own oil company. Uh, his mom, Mary Ann, uh, pretty much took care of the kids because besides him, he had three brothers and a sister. So they had a pretty decent sized family. Uh, but they grew up they grew up pretty okay. I mean, his dad owned an oil business, so he's, they were doing all right. In fact, he grew up going to private Catholic schools and. Religion would always be a part of him, which is really wild when you when we get more into his story that he would <laughs> there's legends of him like one night uh, during the week, literally like doing all kinds of drugs, but then he wanted to make sure that Sunday he could make it to mass. So it's just <laughs> such a wild, wild, wild thing going on. Uh, he would go to Marquette University in 86 and he would major in communications and of course, theater. And he discovers a love for comedy, especially, and I've actually, uh, a lot of comedians that I've looked into their biographies or such, or just them talking about themselves, he really liked making his dad laugh. And I get that completely. Anytime you can make your dad laugh, it feels like such a weird, like, I don't know what it is. Like, I'm the same way. I feel I'm really hilarious, but I can probably count out, count on. I don't think I would make it through all my fingers the times I've made my dad laugh out loud. I, yeah, I I could relate to that 100 percent too. My dad has this very contagious laugh. Yes, I've, my dad. I, does I've, too. I've adopted it where he sounds like he's like choking on something, and then <laughs> he starts laughing. He does the. <laughs> And then he just keeps going. And it's always been like this. I I picked it up just being around him. And, uh, but yeah, I used to try to make him laugh all the time. I got to work with him, you know, for, for a few years and, uh, like making him laugh on the job and the break room was one of my high points. There'd be times where he'd be like, Matt, just shut up. Just stop talking. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Very uh, similar, yes, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, yeah, like we all, I think there is something about that, about, uh, if you're close, if you, if you're close, if you're lucky enough to be close to your dad about just wanting to make him laugh at something you, about a joke you say or, or something you do, or just something about that. I don't know yeah. even how to explain it. I but think it's I, parents in general, but something yeah. about it's that son, dad, father, yeah. son deal that. Well, I know for me, my mom's a much easier laugh to get than my dad is. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like I've earned it if dad gives me a laugh. My mom gets, she'll get mad or offended very easily where my dad's just like, my sense of comedy has always been like crossing the line and my, yeah. my dad's just notorious for it. And, uh, and so there, there, that's, that was kind of like, it was my thing. Just push things really far as far as I could to make them laugh. So yeah, it's, it served me for better or for worse. Well, that, that kind of served Chris Farley for better. Cause that sort of got him to realize that, Hey, this, this comedy thing may be something I want to pursue. So uh, he decided he's going to learn 
uh, improv comedy at the Arc Improv Theater in Madison, uh, Wisconsin. And then it's it's fairly apparent early on that this guy has something. He, I mean, just not just because he was always a big guy, but he can move. Like he could, he played sports. Uh, he played. Um, oh god, what's that sport called? It's not football. It's uh, rugby. Rugby, yeah. And like they were talking about how athletic he was. I mean, you can even see even when he's on Saturday Night Live, he's just a big dude doing legit cartwheels, uh, flawlessly, may I add. So uh, this guy was really athletic despite his size. It's one of the things that really helped make him stand out. So he learns improv comedy, and while he's there, they say, "Hey, uh, over in Chicago." There's this place called Second City Theater. Second City, for those who don't know, is legendary uh, when it comes to comedy, especially improv comedy. Uh, they will do legendary a lot, and we're gonna—I'm not going to get into the people now because it's uh, here's a hint. It may be part of my uh, "Did you know later?" But there's some legendary names in comedy that went to or have some experience when it comes to uh, Second City. And he decides, hey, I'm going to go try. And he he makes it. He goes to Chicago. Uh, Second City says, yeah, there's something here. And he starts performing. And his uh, performances, you can actually find some of them online, some of his Second City performances. And it's very apparent there that he's a standout. Like people would show up just to see him and what he's going to do or what kind of crazy things he's going to say. And it's kind of here, too, where sort of his, some of his uh, very famous characters on Saturday Night Live would sort of start to form. Right. Would be here. He kind of workshopped them here and got them started here. Him and uh, Bob Odenkirk were a team a lot of times on this sort of stuff. Uh, but it was also here where he was discovered. I mean, people started hearing about Chris Farley, and uh, he's not the first name from Second City to make it to Saturday Night Live, so he gets invited to go try out for Saturday Night Live. And it's around 1989-1990. Trying out for Lorne Michaels on Saturday Night Live is a legendary thing. There's a lot of pretty wild stories of, like Will Ferrell, for example, went in with, with like a briefcase full of fake money and was in character the entire time, basically. Uh, but the one way to stand out. Yeah. So you want to do something to make yourself make, you know, to kind of show, Hey, you, you want me on this show. I mean, this is a, you starting a live has had every big name in comedy. You can probably think of has come across that floor either as a cast member or heck hosting. Yeah. The thing. So you got to do something to make yourself stand out. And there's a very, there's a lot of stories of, when Chris Farley got there, Lord Michaels would do his thing where he would make you wait before he saw you. And he would make you wait. I'm not saying a couple of minutes. I'm saying hours. He would make you wait <laughs> hours before going back there. Total power move. Uh, also, dick move, if you ask me. 100%. But uh, that's that's what he did. And they were just talking about how just genuinely nice Chris Farley was, even just sitting there waiting. Like, it was apparent that this was a different kind of person. And he was instantly likable. Uh, there's all kinds of stories. There's a really great Chris Farley book. And it's all uh, told from stories from people who knew him. And when it gets to his Saturday Night Live era, 
there's a lot of stories in there from like, you know, Sandler and Spade and all those guys just talking about how when they first met him and how like they instantly knew that there's something about this guy there. So 1990, he becomes a new cast member of Saturday Night Live. It's him. This is a crazy era. Him, uh, Chris Rock, Adam Sandler, Tim Meadows, Rob Schneider, David Spade. These are all like big names in comedy. And they all kind of got started around this same time with Chris Farley. That's one heck of a class right there. It's one of the better ones. I mean, you you, you go through the years and you see that, you know, the the old one back in the 70s, uh, like Chevy Chase and I think i want to say like steve martin and uh, like there's a lot of like re- a lot of like i think Ackroyd was part of that cr- mm-hmm. a little bit uh, i'm not familiar with each and every class but you got to see like yeah, there, Murray was in there Murray, th- there's like there's a couple from every generation but man that one's really star-studded and they're they're almost all of them are still going pretty strong today uh sandler's like run right now is probably one of the best of his career chris rock just got a little bit of revival um after getting slapped, uh, you know, Schneider is <laughs> Schneider. Schneider's in, dude. That was one of the best things to happen to him. Like, I, if you really think about it, yes, his comedy. That's what's, like, I'm gonna like me and you're wrestling. We 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 grew up with wrestling. Part of me thinks it's work. We're being worked, brother. <laughs> you never know. You never know. <laughs> and we will never know. And I want it that way. Never Ex- tell me exactly. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, what's wild about this era, like a lot of people, myself included, consider this one of the golden eras, but during its time, it wasn't popular, actually. In fact, there's a very, there's very famous articles of uh, in the press, like TV Guide and, and publications like that, that would go out of their way to say how bad this they thought this cast was. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty wild. And they would put the blame on Farley and Sandler and all these and all these new guys, and Farley would take it really personally. It would it would really hurt him because he's a lot of people were like, you kind of had to protect him in a way. Yeah, he was sort of childlike, really. And uh, but there's all kinds of legendary stories of like just him trying. Even when he wasn't on camera, he was still the funniest guy in the room. He was one of those. It didn't, and he's around people who are hilarious, and they all knew that. Yeah, we're funny, but then there's Chris Farley. It was basically the thing and that's and that's unique. Usually, it's one way or the other, right? You yeah. get the person who's funny around friends and family, and you put a camera in their face, and they're they're camera shy. Or you get somebody who yeah. you know, or you get somebody who's special on the camera, right? As soon as you flick the camera on, they're bam, a whole other personality. But they're so intrinsic and quiet around uh, other people. Farley is unique where he was the best of both worlds and it, 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 uh, it, it served him pretty well socially. That's for sure. Yeah. And pretty much who you saw was kind of who he was. I mean, he definitely played characters. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there's that, uh, they, they say that that character I'm blanking on the name, uh, but where he's interviewing people, like he interviews Paul McCartney and he's like, uh, do you remember that time that you uh, put out that one album and blah, blah, blah. That was awesome. Like he would, is oh, that character? Yeah, they say yeah. that's the most Chris Farley out of everything. Like if you <laughs> like, that's Chris Farley right there. That's who he really was. Was that like, he, he was just really people how awesome. They were now that you mentioned it, even like with his regular, like just regular interviews and appearances and stuff. And he was the same person. Yeah. He, he was like, a, well, yeah, that's, 
very uncommon because there's a lot of these these actors that are two different people um, away from the camera and 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 in front of it. Yeah, but we also need to kind of get into. You can't tell Chris's story without telling the whole thing. So it's also here where it's sort of noticed that uh, he's kind of starting to drink a little bit and he's starting to do some other stuff. Um, and it's, it, it, you know, cause he's, he kind of gets stardom almost immediately following the very famous Chippendale sketch. That's kind of the first one that really made him a name. It's, it's a sketch where he and oh, who's the other guy, the very famous guy. He's a good looking dude. I'm blanking on his. He did that movie ghost. Yeah. I, Patrick like, Swayze. Yes, I know. Yeah. I know. I don't know. Why I wanted to say Hasselhoff. I I don't <laughs> so, know. Yeah, I said good looking dude. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> My lord. Yeah, that uh, was but, a great but one, joke, but it was it was yeah. there was some controversy in it as not controversy, but like behind the scenes, people started to be concerned. I don't know if you ever seen the. Have you ever seen yes. the interviews about that? Yeah. Yes. A, a, a lot of his friends. Who were there like Bob Odenkirk is one that's really standing out to me said that he hated that sketch yeah because that's the one that got Chris big so he kind of felt he had to always be um like the joke was that he's a fat guy yes doing this stuff and that's what makes it funny and in fairness that is part of the reason it's funny but he really makes it funny like I think there's way more to it than that but I do understand that completely like it's Especially since they knew the behind the scenes, what was going on with him and how it was actually affecting him and yeah. that sort of thing. So it's kind of a double-edged sword, really, of uh, these uh, these things. But, uh, you know, physical comedy was a big part of him, you know, uh, and he'd always really got a kick out of trying to make his uh, co-stars laugh in scenes and stuff. Like a very famous motivational speaker one, like you can see him always trying to get like David Spade or somebody to break when he's doing his character and acting so crazy. Uh highly recommend you go uh you can find all those on YouTube. Highly recommend you check those out. They're they're so good. There's so many great, 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 awesome skits. I mean I still quote him to this day like El Nino. That means the Nino, you know, stuff like that. It's so good. It's so good. But this is but this is also when Saturday Night Live is like, hey, let's let's try to put these guys in movies, right? Yeah. And that's what they start doing. He gets he gets put in other people's movies first. And like you'll find him in bit parts like in an Adam Sandler movie, right? He's in a couple of those. Like he's yeah, a bus think... driver in Billy Madison. Yes, which was great. You know, that's a whole that's a whole iconic scene that's been memed to death. I think his first one was in Wayne's World. Yes, it was. I yeah. think I'm pretty sure it was. Um a lot of cameos. They, they didn't really yes. view him as a lead guy. And, you know, obviously his star was starting to rise when that time finally showed up. But, um, yeah, a lot of cameos because he had range. He had range and it could be a bunch of different things. Yeah. Uh, and then he started, uh, like you like you said, at first he wasn't really seen as well. You know, could he really be the leading guy? But it's when they teamed him up with Spade and they said, hey, we're going to give you Tommy Boy and then Black Sheep. And those things were movies that they made that weren't that expensive to make, and they made 
money. They were hits. Sure did. Uh, there's very, I still laugh at these movies. Like that time where they get pulled over. They're, they're a little, they're a little high on some stuff. They get pulled <laughs> over and the cop walks over to them and he goes, usually when I pull people over, they're going faster than 15 miles per hour. And they don't pull over to the middle of the road. <laughs> 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 it's so dang funny. Oh man. They're really great movies. I'm sure they're streaming somewhere. Uh, check them out if you got it. And also uh, they're like an hour and a half too, from what I remember. Yeah. They're not very long. Um, I do remember like, this might be another reason why he reminded me of of John Candy too, but those the David Spade, you know, the black sheep, Tommy boy, they reminded me of like planes, trains, and automobiles, like yes, both of them yeah. did. I don't know yeah. if they were meant to pull inspiration from that, but it was just like these kooky disaster road trip movies, and they were so they were a lot of fun. Well, they also work in the same way as in like. John Candy, Chris Farley is the crazy uh, over the top guy and Steve Martin and David Spade are kind of the straight guys. Yeah. Uh who are really good at that and very sarcastic and just as funny really. But the, and but they just have this obvious chemistry with each other. And that's why those movies are so are timeless to this day. But, uh, sure. but also during the scene also it's Important to note here, too, I meant to say this earlier when we're talking about his addictions that were coming around. Uh, he also just had this fixation and fascination with Jim Belushi, uh, another person who, like, his career eerily follows to the point where it, it's, I mean, it's sad, obviously, but just kind of eerie because he's another big guy who did himself in, really by his addictions and was taken from us way too soon and had way much more to give. But it's why he's doing his movies and stuff that he's kind of, it's very obvious that he's, he has these problems and these issues and he does try to kick them. He goes, he gets multiple times. He tries to go um, to rehab and stuff like that. And he would be clean for periods of time. But then for whatever reason, he would get back into it. There's a very infamous episode of Saturday Night Live where he's a host, where they bring him back. And they were almost going to cancel it because it was very apparent that he was in no shape to do it. Right. And there's very sad stories that you hear of, like he was outside in a limousine and he would have like Bob Odenkirk or somebody, or was it Tim Meadows? I can't remember who it was. It's one of the... One of those people, he wanted to talk to him, and they said when they saw him, it was like he didn't even, he looked right, and they knew that was the last time they were going to see him. Like he just didn't look good, and it was, and like he didn't recognize any of the people he was with, and it's just he wasn't with the right crowd. And <clears throat> what's also sad is that during this time, he is really starting to take off even more. He is up for a bunch of roles. He's already recording some for a little movie that would come out, uh, animated hit called Shrek. Uh, who was yeah. the, he was the original voice for? You can actually find his voice tracks because they had some recorded before Mike, uh, Michael Myers uh, did it. And uh, he was going to be in some other movies. They were talking about putting in. Uh, he really wanted to try to get like a more serious role, and people were saying he would have knocked it out of the park. 
And he had like, a, I think it was going to be like a Fatty Arbuckle movie or something like that that he was up for. He could have made that transition. I mean, look at Sandler's. Sandler yes. didn't really do serious roles until very, very recently. And his serious roles have been like killer. That one where he's the basketball scouting agent. Oh, God. yeah, uh, that movie is so freaking good. Loved it. And then yeah. Uncut Gems got, I didn't see Uncut yeah. Gems, but it got good reviews. A lot of those big time comedy guys, they 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 want to make that transition because there's actually very little money in comedy movies. When you take out, I've noticed that like people don't necessarily. It's, yeah, it's got to be such a huge. Theaters. Yeah, it's got to be such a huge hit, and that's just the like the Hangover movies don't come out all the time, you right? Know? Like those right. are major hits. It just but, doesn't happen. But those serious dramas, those go to the movies, and those are the ones that make the big bucks. Those are the ones that get nominated for all the awards and, and acknowledgments. So. Um, it's just a natural progression. Yeah, and there's just all kinds of stories, not just Adam Sandler, of other comedians who made that transition and did so pretty dang awesomely. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's a whole line of them that we can, I mean, Robin Williams is just one that came right to my head. The yeah. guy who did some very serious roles and was, in, it's very obvious he was an incredible actor. But uh, yeah, but his, uh, sadly, Farley's addiction problems would lead to December 18th, 1997. Uh, he was discovered in a Chicago apartment, overdosed, and they couldn't bring him back. And he basically died alone. Uh, I think his brother found him. It's just, it's just mm-hmm. a terrible, terrible, awful situation. And the world of comedy kind of stops right there. It's just a sucky situation. It really sucks. But if you fast forward to recently... He's sort of made a slight renaissance, oddly enough. Like Sandler, like we were talking about, uh, um, made a new song all about him. That's incredible. Yeah, he, he did a con- he did a, yeah did a song at one of his shows. It was like a mini yeah. concert, and people it loved it. Man, it was a it was really good. Yeah, it was really, incredible. Really well uh, so he's kind of making a little bit of a renaissance that way. People are still talking about him. It is not unusual for any SNL person during this era to get asked for a Chris Farley story. Uh, so, uh, you know, it's it's uh, just taken from us uh, far too soon. So many things I think he could have done. But that's the story of Chris Farley. Let's get into Matt's stats. What? You son of a bitch. You no good All right, join me down by the river for some Matt stats. I, I had to throw something in there too. I know you already kind of did that one, but um, this is our show. We can do it as much as we want. I, you're right. You know what? Fuck the fans. I fuck you. Oh, unless you're going to give us money, then please, uh, you know, you know me. <laughs> Actually, honestly, that's how I feel too. <laughs> I will prostitute myself out so fast. Down, send money to my Venmo. All right, yes. Matt yeah. Johnson two two three. And if you don't, you need a big bag of shit. Yeah, PayPal Johnny the Man Townsend at <laughs> yahoo.com. And if you don't, uh, I'll most likely cry a lot. I'll I'll say your name on the show. 
if you donate. My birthday is coming oh. up, and I want to give to charity, the Matt Johnson charity, which is just going to my bank account. So please donate. Thank you. I like to joke that I want to start like an anti-OnlyFans where – uh, unless you pay me, I will show you pictures. <laughs> I think I'll make a killing. <laughs> what a goddamn good idea. Excuse my language. I'm going to be so rich, Matt. It's just pictures of you like clothed. Yeah. I was just about to be picking up one of my man boobs trying to lick it. You know what it's- <laughs> <laughs> I, put on like a, I put that on like a calendar <laughs> I'm going to make so much money man. Um, first thing I want to do is buy you a plane ticket to come down here and give you a real like uh, we're going to cook you a real southern meal I know I want to visit so bad you have no idea <laughs> oh yeah Matt Stats everybody Matt Stats, oh, Matt Stats. Yes. 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 Matt Stats. yes totally Matt Stats alright um, so He's been in quite a bit. Um, his acting credits, though, uh, 10, I guess, major films that seen some kind of uh, theatrical release. Um, well, some, I guess. Uh, but, of, of course, he mentioned Wayne's World. Uh, was February 14th, 1992. That was his debut. But his lead role movies, he only had three. It was very, very brief. It came out. Uh, he had Tommy Boy in 95. Black Sheep in 96, and then Beverly Hills Ninja in 97, um, all did about the same. They all did pretty well. Tommy Boy uh, earned $32.6 million. Uh, Black Sheep earned $32.3 million, and Beverly Hills Ninja did 31.2. That was just domestic. That was the only one to get internationally released, uh, and it, it earned an additional $6.3 uh, million on the uh, – out, out in the world, out in the world, internationally. Um, with inflation, those all come to about $62, 63000000 million. So not too shabby. Um, Which is very good for comedies that they that didn't cost them too much to make. Correct. Yeah, I, I, I should probably look up the budget. Well, that, that would probably have been a smart idea. Let me see what the budget was for Tommy Boy. It could not have been. Uh, very much. Let's see. The budget was twenty million. Yeah, so you're making your money back there, and yeah. plus and making some. a profit. Yeah, and then some. So not too bad. Uh, also have his earnings, his salaries for all three of the, his lead roles. Um, Tommy Boy, he made two million, and uh, Black Sheep and Beverly Hills Ninja, he made six million a piece for. So. Not too bad. He had a net worth of $5 million at the time of his death. And the last one, uh, over well over 500 people uh, attended his funeral. I don't know if you have any stats on, or any did you knows on this one. No, at go all. ahead. Um, just some of the names that showed up. Dan Aykroyd, Sandler, Chris Rock, Rob Schneider, Lorne Michaels, Al Franken, John Goodman, Bob Odenkirk, uh, Tim Meadows, Robert, I want to say Smeagol. Yeah, um, that's right. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Uh George went and Phil Hartman. He's and- known for do you ever do you remember the um uh oh god, what's the name of that dog that pu- uh, puppet? I'm dog looking at Triumph the Insult. Triumph, yeah, yeah, yes, and yeah, he I did that. about that. Okay. Um, but those are some of the notable ones. David Spade didn't end up making it. Uh this is just I know it's not a stat, but 
he didn't end up going because it would have been too too difficult for him. But um, 500 people at a funeral that's uh, that's impressive, yeah. uh, impressive. But shows how loved um, loved he was, loved he was. So, but that is it for Matt's stats. Let's head on over to Johnny's. Did you know? Tell you what. I'll go turn the fryers back on and throw some wings in for you. Hey, thanks, Helen. Tummy likey. Tummy want wingy. Did that board of the head knock something loose? What are you talking about? That 180 you just pulled with the waitress. Welcome to My Did You Know, and it's here that I'm going to officially announce the Retro Pop Johnny Townsend OnlyFans account. Uh, please join it, and for only... $10 a month, I won't send you any pictures. You're right. God, but God help you if you don't pay. God this help is, you. This is a really good idea. <laughs> See, if, Brett, if Brett Favre would have went this route, he would have been okay. Yeah. Yeah. If he would have been like, pay me and I'll stop sending you, you know, <laughs> pictures of this. He, he would have been okay, but yeah. he messed up. He did. He should have hired me as his uh, as his agent. I would have told him what to do and what not to do. And uh, I'm still here, Mr. Fabre, and help you out. All right. <laughs> what I'm going to do, we're going to talk about Second City. And the Second City alumni, like I said, is pretty wild. There's some pretty wild names. I tried to stay in the era because Second City's actually been around for quite a while. So I try to stay in the era starting uh, with uh, John Belushi and kind of going up through uh, like early 2000s. I try to stay around in there, uh, but there's still names like there's there's names of comedians that I because I I'm, I'm kind of a comedy nerd that I recognize who went there that I didn't realize they went there type okay. of thing that I'm watching, especially when it comes to the world of improv, which is something I'm sadly addicted to. But here <laughs> we go. Uh, here's just a name. Just this is just a few of these uh, names that are linked to Second City: John Belushi, John Candy, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Eugene Levy. Oh, yeah, eyebrows himself. That guy's awesome, by the way. People do. I feel like Eugene Levy does not get enough respect. He doesn't. He is so freaking good. Honestly, he is so good. Uh, George Went. Uh, from Cheers, if you know who that is. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Mike Myers, of course. Groovy, baby. Groovy. Love Mike Myers. Uh, Tim Meadows, another guy who is, is criminally underrated. Uh, Bob Odenkirk. He's probably best known as Saul right now from Better Call Saul. Probably what he's best, best known for right now. Uh, a little, I don't know if you've heard of this guy. A little guy named Steve Carell kind of got started. I here. love Steve Carell. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> Uh, another guy, uh, you may have heard of him, uh, Stephen Colbert, got it got going there. Uh, Rachel Drash got started there. She's also criminally underrated. Uh, Adam McKay, he is actually best known for being behind the camera now. He did a lot of those movies with Will Ferrell, like Anchorman. Okay. Uh, those type of things. And uh, the last thing I'm going on is Tina Fey, another big name. She did it in front of the camera, but she's probably... Just as much involved behind the camera and writing and stuff. Yeah, I was gonna say she's a producer too, and she does really, yeah. really good work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, side note: uh, Mean Girls is a great movie. 
and she's involved with it. I don't know if anybody's seen that, but uh, oh, she was she was part of that. I mean, I know not. Oh, yeah. I think it's her oh wait, movie, she yeah. was the wait was she the teacher? She's in it as a teacher. I believe that's right. Ever since I've seen it, uh, but that's one of those movies where, um, my mom and I would go to a movie every once in a while, and she's like, "I want to see this," and I was like. All right, I love you, mom. So I guess we'll go see this movie. I was not at all excited to go see this movie called Mean Girls, but I freaking loved it. So it's, <laughs> it was, it's it's really good. Re- mean Girls is like god tier when it comes to comedy movies. Yes, it's really so good. really good. And a lot of uh, uh, names that became big later actually are in yes. that. Yes, yes, it did. Yeah, so uh, highly, highly recommend it. Uh, same thing happening with a little Disney movie called Mulan. I didn't want to go see that when I was younger. And guess what? It's one of my favorite animated Disney movies. So yeah. sometimes it's best to go against what your brain's telling you. Bridesmaids was one I wasn't like ready to like. That's accept. another yes. And I was yeah. like, this is really, really good. Bridesmaids yeah. was so funny. The yeah, scene where but, they all got food poisoning. Oh yeah. god. Oh, and uh let's a little movie called uh Star Wars episode. <laughs> I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> All right, this call it. This recording is done. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> you so that's it for <laughs> for Johnny's Did You Know, and that's uh, it for Retro Pop Forever. Retro Pop. This is our last episode, uh, but stay tuned. Uh, next, we're going to talk about where Chris Farley stands in pop culture today. It will be some time before we know for sure what killed 33-year-old Chris Farley, one of America's best-known combined actors and comedians. But tonight, correspondent Carol Marine of CBS News and CBS station WBBM News 2 Chicago reports some of what Farley was doing in the final days and hours of his life. An autopsy was performed this morning by the Cook County Medical Examiner, but toxicology reports, which will determine how Farley died, may not be complete for weeks. Farley's body was discovered yesterday in his luxury apartment in Chicago's John Hancock Center. Police say there was no sign of foul play and no drugs were discovered in his condominium. But one published report says drug use may have been the reason he died. This is a tough one, really, because the people who kind of grew up with him are my age, and we're kind of aging past being (laughs) relevant (laughs) when it comes to being tastemakers and that kind of stuff. Oh, I was going to say I was never relevant. But <laughs> I mean, like, you know, now when I get those, uh, when it goes, Hey, what's your, when, you know, when you're getting these, uh, these surveys and you got to check your age bracket, I got to go, I got to go to a different one now. <laughs> and it's really depressing because for, for a while, what I thought mattered and guess what? That's no longer the case. Yeah. I had a kid call me a boomer a couple of weeks ago. So I, I, I don't know I hope, how I feel about that. I hope you punched that child right in the face. I should have. And the kick of while he was, mm, mm, Yeah. Children are so rude, so so rude. They really are, honestly. I, a, ch- a child will, uh, any young person from the age of eight to fifteen have this ability to just look at you without knowing you. They can look you, look at you and pick up that one thing that you are incredibly insecure about yourself and just devour you with it. So yeah. all the kids from that age can go straight to hell. They can. They can. It was, yeah. And then, and then come back after you're, when you're like over that. <laughs> I'm going to scare you straight with Satan. 
uh, yeah, this is why it's just tough though. Chris Farley, you know, and even the people, the other famous people who, you know, like Bob Odenkirk and like Adam Sandler, yeah, they're still around and they're still famous, but you know, they're kind of the only ones really carrying his flame. And that's because, like I said before, sadly, his flame went out right when it was about to really, really grow and get and really light up the world. Yeah. That's what makes it even more tragic is just the, I mean, look how big Shrek got, right? I mean, let's just use Shrek, for example. Mike Myers, that really, I mean, Mike Myers was making movies like Wayne's World before that. But just think how big that Shrek movie was. It was huge. You think about too when that released. I mean, he he, he had, uh, sh- you know, Shrek and Austin Powers coming out at the same time. But Shrek was like a way for him to connect with a younger audience. Yeah, and like that was one of those first like cartoon movies that like kind of towed the line of what's yeah. acceptable for a kids movie and what's not. There's a lot of humor in there that that yeah. kids won't get. C- correct. Yeah, and it, even I still watch it to this day, and I pick up on new stuff, which is hilarious. Yeah. But, um. It's hard for me to to picture anybody but Mike Myers doing it, but far that that would have been it for Farley as far as like, okay, you made it to the big time. I mean, Jesus, Shrek is one of the most like abused and by abused, I mean like over like overused, like somehow st- I mean just still culturally relevant, you know, film kids films of all time. They made like four or five movies and. Yeah, uh, I mean the uh, Puss in Boots movie just came out like less than a year ago. By the yeah. way, it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you're not wrong. It, and I'll if you want to get really blown away, just Google how many video games are made about. Shrek. I was about to say, I, mine will know, explode. <laughs> there's a there's a there's a YouTube channel that ranked them all. It's called oh. Triple Jump. They ranked oh, every yeah, single true. Shrek yeah. game, and I it was such a good one. It was really really <laughs> good. Look at one up. Yeah. <laughs> They did Garfield games too, which I thought was unique. I've seen the Garfield one because I'm yeah. a kind of a Garfield nerd. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's why this is kind of tough. I do think that his he's he's one of those that people will go back and discover because thankfully you'll still be able to find his stuff. I mean, his movies will live on forever, and his Saturday Night Live skits are sort of timeless because most of them are not dependent upon the pop culture at that time yeah that dates it so it really is going to stand out i highly recommend a lot of sketches he did like the the coffee one for sure uh i i would any of his motivational speaker ones are really good there's just so many you can really choose from just take your pick and have a great time uh there's one where he's <laughs> it's him and adam sandler and Adam Sandler's like just uh he's like trying to beg you to let him come back into your home. And then Chris Farley's kind of backing him up, and it's just really funny. But there's all kinds of stuff you can find. Highly recommend it. I think his legacy will live on for a while, but I just don't know how like I do think there'll be a time where like I'll say, Hey, let's uh do you remember Chris Farley? And I'll be talking to somebody and they'll be like, Who? Like I won't be shocked by that. I feel like I can ask my brother of that. Um like I can ask my brother if he knows who Chris Farley is, and I don't think he would know. I, like honestly, yeah. uh, which is my, which is yeah, my nephew. My nephew is like he just turned twenty, and I guarantee you he won't know who Chris Farley is if yeah. I asked him. Which yeah. is sad, and that's why like it, 
that's the unfortunate impact of him, you know, passing so young. There's like some people who pass away young, like an Elvis, but I mean, Elvis has such a large body of work, you know, an iconic work. Um, There's a lot of other people, you know, who live on forever. You know, Tommy boy is like the, I don't know if cult classic is the correct term, but his, like his, again, his lead movies, three very good ones at that i think beverly hills ninja is a little underrated but i i'm gonna agree with you there i'll fight for that movie oh for sure but tommy boy's like that's that's his that's the that's the golden ticket right there and uh and and i just i i i I feel like he's gonna be like one of those people like you obviously you you record podcasts with andrew so you know how he likes to label um or just name random people. Uh, mm-hmm. He does it in the football chat all the time. He goes, oh, so-and-so died. And everyone's like, who? Like <laughs> these people that played football in the 1940s. Yeah. And he's like, oh, like who? Uh, I, I think Farley is a lot closer to that. You know, uh, he's kind of that in the world of comedy. Like, I don't know. Like I know of Belushi, but I don't know his body of work like i know the name but i don't know his body of work and there's a lot of there's a lot of people like that so i i I think farley is going to be one of those ones sadly and unfortunately that that becomes uh very easily forgotten uh i think he's going to be one of those names that people who get into comedy will be like yes you have to be specific like you have to have a deep knowledge of comedy like right like I know yeah, our buddy, our buddy Andrew, who you're talking yeah. about, is he has a deep knowledge of like football. We'll use for example, and yes. he will bring up names you like. If you're just kind of a novice at it, you probably correct. Won't know. The general yeah. fan won't know, and and I, I I'm kind of the same way with that. Where you know we're like that with wrestling. You yeah. name a very very old wrestler, and we'll know it, but the common person won't. If yeah. you have a deep knowledge of comedy, you 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 will know. It's a it's almost like a birthright. Like you have to know. Uh, who Chris Farley is, but the general person, it's going it, to next 10 to 15 years. I think he's going to be relatively obsolete from the, from the, the general comedy consumer. Yeah. And what's really wild too, about my age people uh, is that a lot of those people who were huge in the nineties are kind of starting to get up there. Uh, yeah. Jerry Springer just passed away. He did. He did. And that, and that guy, Honestly, his show was one of the biggest things going on in the 90s. It's crazy. I don't think people now realize how huge that show was. It was ginormous. It was. I, I didn't care for it. It wasn't for me. But, uh, it, man, it did crazy numbers. But, uh, yeah. Uh, but that's the story in life of Chris Farley. Gone way, way too soon. But next month on Retro Pop, we're going to change things up a little bit. We're going to talk about, uh, we're going to go from comedy legends to historical legends, I would say. And Matt, do you have an idea who you want to cover for the first episode of that on Retro Pop? Yes, I do. I'm very, very excited for history always. We don't get, I think this is only the third, like, well, this is the second like month grouping that we've done it, but this will be the third history episode that I've ever done on this show, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, uh, and I'm going to do one of my favorite presidents in James Monroe. So uh, that is the fifth president, the last of the the, the Virginia dynasty, uh, the founding fathers uh, that we're going to talk about. Read a book on him. 
a, f- a few months ago, back in January or February, a, a really great biography. Loved it. I've been seeking it out for, for years to have something of that magnitude. And I'm really excited to, to, to uh, be able to relay that um, and appreciate this forgotten founding father. I'm very excited about that. I love learning about these historical people that I don't feel I have a super amount of knowledge about. So I'm very excited for that. Please stay tuned. We, uh, For Matt, I'm Johnny. We thank you for listening to us. And don't you forget, please join our OnlyFans. And I swear to God, if you don't pay me $10, I will show you my penis. <laughs> and it's not impressive. <laughs>